Hello, and welcome to Camp Adulthood and the Resident Youth. I'm Camp Adulthood, Shay Keats. And I'm the Resident Youth, Maddie Yerke. And this week we have our a very special, as well as our very first, cross-pod event. Yes, very exciting. Very exciting. Uh, so what you are going to hear today is yours truly on former guest of the pod, Emily Hudson's wonderful, wonderful podcast, Enjoy Studio Ownership, um, talking about what it's like to uh, be a small business owner on her part. And you'll get to hear some of my professional business and entrepreneur advice. Um, and we thought it would be really fun to do this, uh, first of all, just because we loved having Emily come in and talk with us. Um, and I was so honored to be on her pod. Uh, and I think even if you are not a, you know, Pilates studio owner, there's just a lot of good advice, um, that we talk about for anybody who's starting a small business or any kind of side hustle, um, or all those things that millennials love so much. Yes, I agree. I listened to it, um, when it first aired on, the, on Emily's podcast stream. And obviously I am not a Pilates studio owner, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really great. Um, So definitely give it a listen. And sometime in the future, um, Emily will also be re-airing her episode of the time when she was on our podcast. So that's where the crossover comes in. Um, And Emily's Instagram is Enjoy Movement Studio, at Enjoy Movement Studio, if you want to follow along um, with her studio and her podcast. And before we uh, lead it in to the replay of the episode with Shay, um, I just wanted to let everyone know we've been posting on the social media, but we have recently been added to Spotify and Stitcher. So especially exciting for our Android users and people that like to use Spotify, we're on there. Um, So check us out, leave reviews there. Even if you've already left us a review on iTunes, we love you. Please also leave one um, on those other platforms as well, because it really helps other people discover the pod um, and get that buzz going. Um, So yay. All right. As always, thanks for listening. And here's Emily Hudson and enjoy studio ownership. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Enjoy Studio Ownership Podcast, the podcast where we like to discuss the ups and the downs of what this specific boutique fitness entrepreneur life can be. On today's episode of the podcast, dun 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 dun, dun our very first business coach. It's not a movement professional. Can you believe it? Super excited to introduce you guys to my friend and business coach, Shay Keats. You guys, this is something I've become pretty passionate about uh, this year. Business coaches are awesome. And I find that most of us that get into the boutique fitness industry, we got into it because we love the work and sometimes out of necessity. And we don't have business degrees. We don't have MBAs, we don't have accounting, we don't have any of that stuff. And I don't know why we're not hiring business coaches all the time. It, it just makes so much sense. And if you're really serious about starting a studio and you're really serious about building a business and doing this for the long haul, then trust me when I tell you it's worth the investment. So for season two, I was like, Shay, you have got to come on and speak to this tribe about why they have to hire a business coach. She's my girl, of course, I'm promoting her because I love her, but she also speaks to how you have to shop around for whatever business coach is gonna work best for you. So many really good nuggets of knowledge for you to take away, even if you don't want to hire a business coach. This might be one of my favorite episodes, and 
It's going to be fabulous. You're going to feel inspired. Even if you don't want a business coach, please take a listen because, oh man, I'm just so jazzed. As soon as I got off the call with Shay, I immediately went back and I listened to the whole thing again, (laughs) which is not something I do all the time. Um, So yeah, you guys know the drill. Without further ado, here is the lovely Shay Keats. Enjoy. Welcome, Shay, to my podcast. Hi, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to have you here. And you have your own little podcast. So I feel like you've got some professional podcasting chops. I know. I was. Oh, sorry. Go on. <laughs> I was just going to say under your belt. That's all. Under my belt. Well, I was just laughing as soon as we both started talking because we'd been chit-chatting before Emily turned on the recorder and we both went into like our podcast voice, which I think is hysterical. <laughs> and, so. and we're podcasting and now. And, and I'm going, we're podcasting. I'm changing my voice for the podcast. <laughs> well, you know. So, and I feel like all of the fitness instructors I've ever worked with are very good at that because they have their like their teaching voice oh and you know and then their business voice and then their actual voice so (laughs) it's so true as a matter of fact I just did a pre-training not too long ago and in the yay yes and in the pre-training it's really just mostly about giving information you're not teaching them how to teach it yet. You're just providing the information, but I was throwing in some teaching tips in there because I knew they were all going to continue on and and I was just giving my flavor to it. But, Mm -hmm. um, that was one of the things I touched on is if you cue this in this tone of voice, this is the type of movement you can expect your client to produce. But if I do it with this inflection and with Mm -hmm. this kind of pacing, this is the kind of movement you can expect from your client. And it's so true. You have to change the way you speak when you're teaching. So So interesting. And I think as someone who, I mean, you'll get in in a minute, I'm sure to why I am here on this podcast, but as someone who is not a movement instructor, but is an avid consumer of all of these different modalities, I've definitely not gone back to classes and teachers simply because their voice like annoyed the living bejesus out of me. (laughs) Um, There was one teacher I worked, I took her yoga class for years and Every time she said, like, soften your your shoulders, she put a T in it. She said, soften. And I <laughs> couldn't handle it. I mean, it was like, she gave it a good try for like two years. And then I was like, I'm so sorry. I can never come back to your class again. <laughs> this is like nails on a chalkboard. Yep. Please stop yep. saying that. She's a wonderful teacher, beautiful practitioner. But I just was like, I can't. I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just me. Oh man, that reminds me of this. Um, I heard this story that uh, this teacher really uh, liked to pronounce their G's. Mm. So they would go, keep going, keep oh, no. going. <laughs> I was like, oh, like, that yeah. would get on my nerves too. Yes, okay. exactly. So anyway, yes. why are you here? Let's talk about it. Shay. Okay is was I will hire her again my business <laughs> coach yes, yes yes you are the first non-movement professional that I is know, on, I feel honored on the podcast thank you so much oh my gosh thank you being here and I I really wanted you to come on for season two because business coaches are all over the place mm-hmm. I don't know if you're on Facebook but they're everywhere. (laughs) They are. And they, I don't want to say that they're like vultures because Mm -hmm. (laughs) that makes it sound bad. But I think that it's, it's worth discussing because I've hired business coaches. You're the second Mm -hmm. one that I've hired and I I have Mm -hmm. found them to be you and this other one, super valuable, really helped Mm -hmm. me push my business forward. So I think it's important for people to really consider, but you've got to really know what you're looking for and 
be do your due diligence when you're seeking out a business coach and making sure it's a good fit. And so that's why you're here. Yay. Well, I have many opinions and I'm excited to share them. (laughs) Yeah. So um, let's go ahead and just let everybody know a little bit more about you and how you kind of fell into this career a little bit. Sure. Yeah. So, um, I have had kind of a very varied career path. Um, my very first job, which is actually where I met Emily, um, and Lisa Lansing, also former guest of your pod. Um, uh, I worked as the studio manager there where Emily was a teacher many years ago, um, as you guys talked about in that episode. So that was kind of my first job. And then I, studied English literature in undergrad, and then I got a master's in business. Um, I lived abroad for a little bit. Um, I came back to the U.S. at the height of the recession, and I really had a difficult time finding a job. Um, as many of us may remember, if you kind of came into the workforce circa 2008, um, I finally was working in advertising, and it was just one of those jobs that, you know, I mean, the stories are just ridiculous that I could tell from that. I mean, it was like a sitcom of what you think working at an advertising agency would be, but <laughs> um, a lot of very long hours for very little pay and selling ridiculous products. I mean, our main client was a hot dog manufacturer, so um, just crazy stuff. So after that experience, I was kind of like, you know what, I'm done with this. I was living in LA at the time and I said, you know, I, I've always wanted to move to New York. Um, I'm going to move to New York. I'm going to apply to grad school uh, in English literature. So I'm going to like take another whack at it. Um, and I thought I was going to eventually get a PhD and be a college professor. Um, so I moved to New York. I worked in, I, I did another year in advertising and, um, but it was internal advertising for a magazine there. And then I got into NYU and I did my grad school and it was awesome. And then I realized getting a PhD is like, <laughs> in English is like doing the most competitive And it's like winning an Olympic medal to get a PhD or just to get into a program to get um, a degree. And it really, I had no mm -hmm. idea. So most of the programs that you would, you know, quote unquote, want to go to. So talking about like tier one and tier two schools, which are really the only places that are even offering them, have like a thousand applicants for five spots. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And there's maybe 40 schools in the country that even offer this. So I was like, okay, um, this is not going to be the right choice for me. <laughs> so then I again uh, began working for another entrepreneur. I've kind of had a history of working for lady entrepreneurs, which is super awesome. And um, I worked at a company called Kinder Modern, uh, which sold or which sells um luxury and designer children's furniture, as well as vintage children's furniture, which uh, was another crazy job in terms of what we sold, but was really this wonderful masterclass in how to be an entrepreneur. uh, Because Laura Appleton, who is the founder and CEO of Kinder is just, she's one of those like shark tank people that you like see on TV, who she like starts a business, builds it, sells it, starts a business, builds it, sells it. Um, So I learned you know, and for the first three years I was there, we did everything. It was just the two of us. And then we hired more staff and et cetera, et cetera. So I helped really build this business into what it is now, which is, um, if you're in the world, in that world, if I can toot their horn, it's it's a pretty prestigious gallery and um, they've got some really interesting collaborations with brands that you know, like Crate and Barrel, et cetera. So that was really exciting to get to that point when I left from you know basically running it out of her house and learning as we went. Um, so between that, you know, my experience at Inspiral, my experience at these uh, small ad agencies, always working for lady entrepreneurs, I always kind of knew that's where I was going, but I never really had a product. Um, but when I left Kinder, I started by doing some freelance uh, projects over the winter right after I left. And it was great. And I did some project management and some writing and some content creation. But what that all kind of you know, simmers down to is coaching. And it's working one-on-one with entrepreneurs you know, what I do is work one-on-one with them to make sure that they're making the best choices 
possible for their business and that they're thinking about their goals both strategically and organically um, because you never want to be too wedded to any one goal. And I think for any entrepreneur, um, especially if you are in a business where your business is not, if this makes sense, the business of doing business, um, it's really important to have somebody in there that you can just bounce your ideas off of. And you can be like, hey, is this crazy? Hey, should I invest my money in this? Hey, is this a good idea? Um, and just someone that can act for you as a resource. And I don't pretend to know everything. I certainly don't. But I do know how to do the research. And if my client comes and asks me a question that I don't know the answer to, I'm able to be like, I'm going to put a pen in that. I'm going to either do the research and find out the answer, or I'm going to go to someone in my network, find the answer from a professional and report back to you. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of been my journey. I hope that answered your question. I yes. felt like I just went off on a very long monologue <laughs> there, but no, no, uh, I thought you did a very good job of keeping that yeah. pretty, pretty condensed and, yeah. and thorough at the same time. So yes, absolutely. I thought that was a very great synopsis. So I, well, you and I have always stayed in touch through yes. social media, I, you know, whether it was like, a random email like once a year or because you were like in school and I was having babies. Yeah. And like, so we were yeah, you know, we weren't like super close through the years, but yeah. we always like stayed, they stayed in touch. And uh, it yeah. was like, I feel like just in the last like year or two, we kind of reconnected through social media. Mm -hmm. And when, and when I saw that you were launching, like going all in on this business coaching, I was like, Shay is my girl. Done. Oh, yay. <laughs> Sign me up. Let's yay. do it. Because I know I remember how awesome you were at the studio manager position. Oh, my gosh. Good I was Lord, such a baby. That was that, and you were a baby. We were babies. Oh, thank you. Yeah. We were babies. And so uh. I was like, oh, my gosh, if she was so good at that. <laughs> 11 years ago she's gonna be the jam now <laughs> like awesome. well thank you thank and you and I um go ahead <laughs> no I was just gonna say I'm, I'm so glad that first of all that that's what I projected and that I that out of our three months that we spent together officially coaching that you had some great takeaways and you know I just feel so good about our time that we work together now mm -hmm. yeah I think um the reason I wanted to have a professional business coach come on this podcast is because I feel as though so many of us, myself included, we get into the role of studio ownership and entrepreneur sometimes because we have to, like there's no, yep. we, there's no other option. Nobody yep. else is going to open up a gyrotonic studio in my city, except for me. That's, mm -hmm. that's on me. Or yep. maybe it's a yoga studio in your small town or a Pilates studio somewhere else and, or you, whatever. And so we, we kind of get forced into this situation and 90% of us from what I can gather did not go to business school. Yeah. A lot of the yeah. a lot of the people that listen to this podcast were former dancers or former athletes or they did sports nutrition or mm -hmm. if you're a weirdo like me, you did music therapy. Yeah. You know, you don't you don't go to business school and then suddenly you own a business. Mm -hmm. And we we get into it cuz we love the work and then yeah. all of this business stuff we've got to learn on the fly. Yeah. And we don't think about hiring a coach. And it's yeah. like, I remember sitting in the car when I did my first coaching with somebody mm -hmm. with somebody else. And it was really more of a course than it, yeah. than it was a coach. But yeah. her name was attached to the course. And I had, yep. I had a little bit of access to her, but not much. But I remember sitting in the car and I it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, Oh, my gosh, Emily, you hire a writing instructor, right? Like mm -hmm. I have, I have a horse riding instructor, my riding trainer to, to yeah. teach me how to ride horses. <laughs> yeah. I, pay, I love that. I pay her to do that because I don't know how to ride horses. She's the expert. She's going to teach yeah. me how to do this. And then I had our, I had at the time a voice coach. I, mm -hmm. I was doing Skype voice lessons with this voice coach in Nashville. Yeah. And I was seeing great results because obviously he knows how to 
sing and use my voice properly without straining. Mm -hmm. And so I'm paying him to teach me how to become a better singer. Why are you not paying somebody to teach you how to be a better business owner? Like, it just makes so much sense. (laughs) Yes, I think it does too. I mean, clearly that's why I'm in this business. But I think you're so right, Emily, in that this is something that a lot of small business owners and entrepreneurs struggle with because they feel there's almost this element of shame attached to hiring a coach. Like Mm -hmm. if I'm hiring a coach, that means that I can't do this and I'm admitting defeat when really you would never feel that way about hiring a, like you said, your writing instructor or your voice coach or whatever. because we're not all born business owners and there's a lot of information out there that you shouldn't be expected to know because I don't even, as someone who is a coach and again, a consumer, I don't really necessarily want my gyrotonic teacher or my Pilates instructor to know all about business because I want them to be spending their time getting good at their craft. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you bring in a coach, Um, it just takes, first of all, all of that pressure off of yourself. Um, and then you have someone that you can both learn from and rely on. And I think, you know, I don't think running a small business is rocket science, but I think you can save yourself a lot of headache and a lot of heartache and a lot of money, um, by working with a coach and by working with someone who can even just help you, um, you know, again, navigate the waters and point the boat in the right direction, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I have to say for me, one of the biggest reasons why I love having a business coach and will continue to hire them in the future is the accountability piece. Yes. Yes. That is one of my biggest reasons for pushing people in that direction is I, it's not that I'm lazy. I am not a lazy person. Yep. I I am a go-getter. I, I like to make my goal list and I like to knock them off, but I also can get easily distracted just like everybody mm-hmm. else. I, yeah. I have kids. I have a husband. I have two dogs. I have hobbies yeah. and, and all of these things that I say I want to do can sometimes probably take a little bit longer than they really need to. And so when you and I would have our calls and you would like the very first one, and we were like, what are the goals? What are the things that, Mm -hmm. that you want out of your business that you want, not just in your business, but in your life, what do you want your life to look like? Um, and then we, like you helped me create an action plan and we, we had our calls set up in in certain increments and I would remember thinking like okay I'm going to we're meet, I'm meeting with Shay on this day and I cannot mm-hmm. show up to that meeting empty handed like <laughs> I have to make sure that I've done such and such and such and such and such and such before mm-hmm. I get on that call and it really is like hiring a kick in the pants yep Exactly. I love, oh my God, I kind of want to steal that for my new tagline for my having some updates done to the website. Um, yes. And that is exactly it. And again, you know, we, we think, you know, even when we're struggling with this accountability piece, we kind of think we don't need it, but it is so amazing just to have somebody in your corner. And also, you know, the stakes are really low because even though, having that meeting with me spurred you to accomplish a lot of things. It's not as if you came in and I'm your boss and I'm going to like, I don't know, judge you or fire you Mm -hmm. or whatever, if you hadn't accomplished it, it, you know, and I think different coaches take different approaches, but for me, And for most of the coaches I know, and you know, the ones that I've personally worked with, it's really more about creating a space where again, there's accountability, but it's also safe. Um, There's accountability, but there's a lot of um, love and growth and nurturing that's going on um, as well. But I definitely agree. I mean, I work with a business coach as well and for my own business. So like I just, um, it was funny. She was recently Instagram storying about this kind of same thing. She's like, I believe in what I do so much that I hire someone to do it for me. And I thought that was a really interesting, um, kind of connection there. But I feel the same way. Um, You know, it's just, it's really nice to have somebody there, again, to hold you accountable, to hold your hand, to bounce ideas off of. Um, Because when you're a solopreneur, which is the buzzword, Mm -hmm. um, there's nobody else in your brain with you. And I think it's hard 
to move forward when you don't have a collaborative thinking environment. And then I think what you get into and what a lot of um, studio owners get into is they then bounce these ideas off their staff. And that's not where you want to go. You know, it's not that it's necessarily a bad thing and not that that shouldn't happen sometimes, but you have to maintain a certain level of boundaries. And by hiring a business coach, you're able to bounce those ideas and have those deep conversations and have those hard conversations with someone who's only invested in you, you know, someone who is not invested in their own career um, as they should be. And I don't blame, you know, your um, teachers and staff members should be invested in their own career, but that's why it's not always, you know, the best place to create a collaborative environment as you would, you know, have these kind of built in collaborative environments in the corporate world. You don't have that as an entrepreneur, even if you have employees. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, something that we've talked about in our sessions together about, because I've never had staff before. And so for me, this is new territory in 2018. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that was, that was also really helpful now that you're saying it. And I'm reflecting on it. I'm like, oh, yeah, we did talk about this. And that was really helpful to help me create those boundaries Mm -hmm. early on. Yes. Like, okay, this, these are things that you can take to your teachers and ask them what their thoughts are. And these are things as the business owner, you just have to put on your big girl pants and make a decision Mm -hmm. because it's your business. Exactly. (laughs) And it's, and it's not up for discussion. And for someone like myself that, um, I don't, I don't like to, I don't like the word introvert. I'm not an introvert Mm -hmm. and I'm not an extrovert. I'm an ambivert. Yes. Oh, I love let's, that. Let's hear it for so the ambivert. Some, woo, we're woo. somewhere in the middle. Yeah, right? I'm but, the same. <laughs> somewhere in the middle. But I don't feel comfortable asserting that boss lady role with my teachers yet. Like that, mm-hmm. that's something that I'm, I'm developing this year. Yeah. And that was something that I found really helpful yeah. in our conversations is that you helped me create okay, this is something that's up for discussion and this is something that is not. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And that's so important. And this is why I love working with business owners who are at um, about your stage of business because you've already done a lot of the hard work. I mean, like you already, you already have certain values in place and you know what you want and you're at this transition point or this pressure point, um, where you are ready to catapult this kind of into the second phase of the business's life. And that generally is when you're hiring staff, you're making bigger investments. Um, and there's a lot of this having to put on your big girl pants and figure out how you're going to remain true to your core values and make money. Because at the end of the day, And I always say this, and this is why I love, love, love your podcast so much is like, we are all in this to make money. And I don't care if you are a Reiki teacher or you're like a hard ass strategic investment coach, like (laughs) we are all in this to make money and that's okay. And we should be. And like, I love that there are so many, especially women out there, you know, that are entrepreneurs and making money. But, you know, my point is this is the time you know, if you are already this committed, this is a great time in the life of your business to um, hire again to hire a coach because they're going to really help you put on the big girl pants and just power through it and not stay at kind of that level one. You know, teaching Pilates out of your house, and not that there's anything wrong with that. Right. That's a beautiful start to your business, and some people make the choice to do that. You know, for their entire career, but. Um, you want to be mindful about those decisions and why you're making them. Yes. Yes. So, so speaking of hiring. Yes. And how that was like a big thing for me this year. Um, you were so helpful in (laughs) the intern versus assistant and, Ah. and putting together what that was look like for me and interns and assistants is a little bit your bread and butter. Yeah. And um, so would you mind speaking to this group of people, studio owners and teachers as to what that looks like, what they should be looking for? Because it was really helpful to me. 
So Mm -hmm. I'm sure somebody else will find that information useful as well. Awesome. Yes, I am happy to share. So first of all, I will give Emily a link. Well, she has it, but I will allow her to disseminate it. Um, A link to an article I wrote kind of on this topic, but then I've also... um, delineate, you know, I've further kind of distilled it down for studio owners. Um, so there are a couple of really important things to remember. The first is that interns are there to learn. So if you are hiring an intern, you have to expect to do more training. Um, you have to expect there to be more mistakes and you have to expect there to be a lot of grace for those. Um, there's also a lot of, um, legal issues and laws surrounding the hiring of interns and the unpaid intern in most states um, in the U.S. is illegal. You have to pay your interns and you most likely have to pay your interns minimum wage. So a lot of times, unless you are specifically bringing someone on uh, in that intern role because they really want to learn about the business. Maybe they're an entrepreneur major, or maybe they're a movement, you know, doing some kind of movement study, and it makes sense for them to come on as an intern. That's when you hire an intern. But if you're looking for someone who can, first of all, run all the errands and water the orchids, we know this was very important (laughs) to Emily. Super Um, important. Yes. And Swiffer the floors as well as help with your social media and do the newsletter and help you with client management and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This is when you need to hire an intern and, or I'm sorry, not an intern, edit that out, hire an assistant. (laughs) Um, because an assistant is going to, first of all, you can hold them to a little bit of a higher standard because they are, you know, they should already come with a certain base level of knowledge. Um, and you can also, if they're, they're there for longer than a semester. So you have a lot of time to really dig in and nurture them and make them become part of your business as a whole. And I generally think when people say, when entrepreneurs say they want an intern, they just think they want an intern because they can get unpaid labor. Um, (laughs) This is like real talk right here. And I think what you really want is a studio assistant or a junior manager. And again, someone that can really help you with the day-to-day running of the studio, but can also get coffee, do the errands and all of that stuff. And then if you're lucky, like I think Emily has gotten lucky with her new assistant, it's someone who's really engaged in the business and who's really engaged in wanting to make it grow. So, and I don't know if, you know, Emily's new assistant will be with her for her whole career, but um, it's something that I think I wouldn't be surprised if she ends up staying with you for you know, maybe the next five years. And that's a real advantage and bonus for your business. Um, The other thing I do always like to caution studio owners about, uh, do be careful. There's a lot of times that your teachers are going to come and be like, hey, like I can answer the phones or hey, I can do the booking. Mm -hmm. I think it's a lot better to just keep church and state separate. Um, (laughs) Yeah. First and foremost, your teachers do not need to know about your finances. A. B, your teachers do not need to know about your email correspondence. B, um, C, they, again, are growing their own careers and their own clientele, et cetera, et cetera. And if you want to give them a project to do outside of teaching, it should be getting them out there and encouraging more people to come into the studio, not necessarily helping, you know, earning extra money by helping around the studio. And I, I just think it's a lot smarter and it just bypasses a lot of that kind of uncomfortableness that can come from, I think, working, you know, in a relationship heavy industry. Like you guys have a lot on your plates, just dealing with your clients and your staff and yourselves and your families. So, you know, put some of that off on somebody else. Um, and I think, you know, that being said, if you hire an assistant, they obviously want to work there because they have some interest in the modality. Um, And that's okay. But I always caution if you have someone in an interview and they're like, my goal is to become, you know, a gyrotonic master trainer, or my goal is to become a yogi or what, you know, a yoga teacher, I would just be, you know, I would be cautious of that. So, or you say, great, you guys do that at another studio and you work here. You know, there's, I think a lot of 
ways you can work that out, but I would just, it's definitely something to be cautious of. Um, and that's something you don't necessarily have to worry about as much in other industries. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, It's definitely something that I agree with in terms of keep your teachers teachers and your Mm -hmm. admin admin. Yep. Uh, Because when I was kicking around the idea of I need some help, uh, the business is starting to grow and I am feeling really overwhelmed and I need some help. Both of my teachers did offer. Yeah. Both of them did and and were interested in the extra work. Mm -hmm. And I prayed about it and I thought about it and I talked to Jason about it about a hundred times before he was like, oh my God, just do something. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to hear about it anymore. And I just, I felt a lot of peace about, okay, no, I'm going to, I'm going to hire somebody Mm -hmm. to specifically do this who is not a teacher. Yeah. And I think and it, it was a great decision, I have Good. to say. I'm so glad. I'm so glad to hear that. And I think if, you know, for your listeners, if they're like, well, you know, I can't afford an assistant to help me and do all the run around. I mean, you, you can always find some kind of balance, even if it's like, you know, you pay your teachers a little more per class. And part of that expectation is they also tidy the studio um, or deal... But I still think it's really smart to just keep the teachers out of, they can do that kind of general studio help, but to keep them out of any of the official business stuff, it's just, it's better for you in the long run. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Love Uh, it. Um, Another thing that I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about, (laughs) and just so everybody knows, I didn't send Shay a list of prep questions or anything. So she's talking on the fly here. None of this is (laughs) prepared. Funny, because I was so excited to be on your podcast. I was thinking about this this morning, too. I was like, oh, I and maybe it's because I'm a podcaster and the way we do our podcast is we on purpose, don't give our guests a list of questions. Oh, okay. So I didn't even think to ask of, ask about it. But then as I'm sitting here, I'm like, oh, I probably could have like written out some really good notes. For this. <laughs> so I, if there's any, like I said, whatever you, if there's anything you need me to like circle back to, I'm happy to do that. Oh, no, you're doing great. You're very yeah, well-spoken. You. Oh God, thank you. You can tell you're a podcast <laughs> professional. Well, so... <laughs> Um, the thing that I wanted to talk about was the book that you recommended to me and I haven't gotten all the way through it. Let me be completely honest. I haven't finished it yet, but I'm reading it and I've set up the thing online and I'm working through the worksheets and all that, Mm -hmm. but it was, uh, building a story brand. Yes. Building a story brand. And that is something that it's one of these books that I'm really enjoying because I don't like reading business books. I don't. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It's hard sometimes. I would just much rather read my fiction and go to bed. But I read the business books because I need the help. And this, first Mm -hmm. of all, it's a, it's a pretty easy read. It's fun to read. It's a light read. Um, it's easy to understand. The language is good. Um, But it also made me feel encouraged because it felt like I was kind of already doing a lot of the things that he discusses in this book. I could, it just Mm -hmm. felt like, oh, I'm doing that. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. I'm not a complete, you know, nitwit. Like I'm sort of on the right track with this (laughs) brand and stuff. But it did help me uh, clean it up Mm -hmm. and get more clear. So. When you're in the boutique fitness industry, uh, branding is not something that comes up a whole lot. Like, mm-hmm. ooh, your brand. And I think I think yeah. it's just now starting to be this thing that people are aware of and on Instagram yeah. and your brand and is this on brand? We hear things like that now and mm-hmm. we're starting to think about it. And so yeah. what is your advice about building a brand and how a business ah. coach can help you hone that, hone that and build that mm-hmm. together? Um, well, oh my gosh, I have so many things to say. Um, (laughs) first of all, uh, and this may be something we can talk about, um, later, but as you're looking for a coach, you're going to find business coaches. Like I'm a little bit of a generalist, but like you will find business coaches that specialize in branding, that specialize in marketing, that specialize in whatever. Um, so that's good to remember if like branding is something you're really stressing about and you want to hire 
a coach. You might look for somebody that's a business coach, but has some background in branding. And then there are people who are simply branding coaches. So, I mean, it's like the wild west out there. So <laughs> you can find um, one, you can find whatever you want. Um, but yeah, so building a brand, I mean, I think we're at a really interesting place right now in the fitness industry because there's a lot out there being branded. And there's, you know, I think, and there's some ones that we all follow and it's because there's like the great, they have the great transformation stories or they look so clean. And and I think I just ask everyone to be like, who do you follow on Instagram that you like and why do you like them? And if you sit down and you kind of journal about that or make some lists, you'll find that it's usually because the imagery is clean and consistent and beautiful. Um, and that they have captions that are telling, um, a well thought out story. And then in addition to that, they are through social media, giving you enough of a peek into their personal lives, um, that you feel like you build an intimate connection with them, but you also don't feel like you're watching keeping up with the Kardashians. Like you don't necessarily (laughs) know every time they went to the bathroom or whatever. So that's why it becomes this balance. So, you know, it was great for me, like Emily, when we worked together, because you had already done so much work on creating your brand. Um, and you were at a really good place to just hone it and sharpen it and really dig in. Um, and I loved doing that polishing with you. Um, but I think first of all, if you're worried about your brand, you want to just take a minute and look over it. And if it seems like it's really all over the place, Um, then you may want to go dark for a few days and just, again, get on Pinterest, make a vision board, think about what you like, what you don't like, what do you want to convey and what is your ideal self? And ultimately, whatever your brand is needs to speak to you because what I found is that when you're selling as a small business owner, it's not about making a connection with the general public, right? Because you can only have so many clients in your studio. Um, and you're, I'm assuming, you know, 90% of the people that are listening to this podcast are not looking to be, I'm totally like blanking on all of the famous fitness people right now, but like, you don't want to be Kayla. How do you say her last name? It's Cine's. You don't want to be, um, the tone it up girls. You don't, you are just trying to get people into your space. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. that being said, if you want to do that other thing, and build the empire is what I call it. That's a totally different approach to your business. Um, but for the small business who wants to stay relatively small to mid size, just think about, and I, I I don't want this to sound trite, but think about what kind of story you want to read. And if it's a story that you like to see and you enjoy, people are going to connect with this. And this is a lot about what building a story brand is about. Um, because people don't buy from businesses, people buy from people. So you want to make sure that you are telling a story that connects um, with everybody, you know, with anybody that you would want to work with. And I mean, again, that seems a little vague, but um, yeah. I don't know. You just want to think about that. It also means like you may, and this is something that I'm really thinking a lot about right now. And it's why I've been a little quiet on my social media. Um, I'm really struggling with, you know, the political climate right now and how to talk about that in a way that acknowledges the people I feel need acknowledged. Um, but also doesn't potentially alienate people that might want to work with me because I really don't, you know, Mm -hmm. discriminate. I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, whatever, like I still want to work with you, but I can also guarantee you that like, you know, and again, I think this really works for people in your industry where you are literally up in someone's business, Mm -hmm. their physical business. Like (laughs) it's going to be, if you guys are totally, you know, opposite in you know, your ethics and your worldviews and et cetera, it's not going to be a good client for you. So in that sense, it's good to put a little bit of that out there. Um, so I feel like I answered this in a really, really roundabout way, but I would (laughs) just say, um, put up images that you like, 
Um, if you are feeling really uncomfortable about it, um, work with a coach that specializes in branding, uh, cause they are really going to be able to get you started from the get go. And I will provide Emily with a list of some people that I really like that also have really good online courses. And that is also generally a great place to start. Um, as Emily mentioned as well, if you're ready to get into coaching, but you need kind of help in a bunch of different areas, you can take these courses from some of them are as little as like you know, some of them are free and some of them are a couple hundred bucks, but it's a great way to kind of like put your toe in the water and then figure out what type of coach you need. But again, tell a story, work with a branding coach if you're really worried about it, but mostly, you know, just tell a story that resonates with you because that's going to resonate with the type of people you want to work with and that you want to have in your life on a weekly basis and, and deal with their physical physical issues. Um, also in terms of book recommendations, my top three for entrepreneurs are building a story brand, um, the hundred dollar startup, which I think is really good for everybody to read, um, in terms of scale and how to either scale up or scale down your business. And then, um, big magic, which I think is just a really important and inspirational book about, um, tapping into your creativity and letting it do what it wants to do. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I didn't know about big magic. It's very good. It's very, you know, it's, um, it's this book that talks about, I think fought like that you don't necessarily have to, that you should do things that bring you joy. And if you respect the magic of that, like really, it sounds really woo woo, but when you get into it, it's not really that. Oh, honey, this is, we're all about the woo here. Okay. Well then everyone should read it. Um, and you know, she talks about how like we have these ideas and we tend to like push them away because they're not practical or they won't make me money or whatever. But if they keep flying at you, eventually you're going to have to, um, embrace them or they're going to die. So she talks about that. And I think, you know, probably the reason Emily, I never suggested that book to you because you are someone who I think lives this whole concept of big magic every day. Uh, yeah. Cause you just, I love, like even I remember when we first started talking about goal setting, I was like, what are your 10, 15 year goals? And you were like, well, I want to grow the business like this and I want to have my horses and <laughs> I don't. And I was like, yes, like this is your dream and you are just going for it. And I love it. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. don't think that I've been shy about that. One of these days I'm going to get a horse. You will. One of you these will. days, man. One of these days. I just, I believe it. It's going to be, um, it's going to be big magic that day. It is. <laughs> it is. So. it is. So actually I have a book recommendation. Yeah. That is not as woo, but um, I hadn't mentioned it on the podcast before. So I should mention yeah. it now. Have you heard of the book Profit First? No, but I like the sound of it. Yes, yes. So I, his name is Mike, and he's got a really difficult last name. It's like one of those last names that's like witch something. Michael, Michael, witch. So oh, yeah. I, you know, like I can't, I can't say it. I'm not even going to try. But I'll link it up. I'll make sure it's in the show notes. But cool. Profit First is a really, it's an easy read. Again, I don't enjoy reading business books, so. For me to recommend a business book, especially one that's all about money and managing money, like that's big. This guy's funny. He's funny. And this book was super, super helpful. I will say that I don't do everything exactly the way that he recommends. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody does. Everybody kind of has to take the information and, and use it in a way that works for them. But managing your money is so, so important. And Mm -hmm. if you didn't go to business school or you didn't go to accounting or you don't have any kind of experience with finances, this, that was a great read and helping me Mm -hmm. figure out how to budget enough money for taxes and paying my employees and emergency fund. Mm -hmm. And, uh, all all of these things, right? Like mm-hmm. the list goes on and on and on. And so if you're finding that you're running out of money at the end of every single month and mm-hmm. it always feels like super stressful because you just, ugh, I, I recommend this book because I would say with applying a lot of the principles that I learned in this book, 
I am not fearful of the rest of 2018, even though my yeah. studio lost two weeks of work because of yep. Hurricane Florence. Yeah, that's awesome. And so that feels like a little victory for me mm -hmm. because I know a lot of small businesses out there like mine, small studios like mine, if the studio closes for two weeks because of a hurricane or mm -hmm. a tornado or whatever natural disaster, because they happen everywhere, mm -hmm. your business it's really suffers. Tank. Yeah. And so by applying some of these principles that I learned in this book, Profit First, I feel I mean, I've, I'm still going to feel it. I don't, it's not that mm -hmm. I don't, I don't feel it being closed for two weeks, but I'm also not, I'm not terrified. I'm not yeah. scared. Yeah. And so if you find you're having trouble managing your money, that is my recommendation for your business. Profit first. I, yeah. I think that's awesome. And I'm going to totally order that from the library as soon as we are off this <laughs> call. Um, I also recommend if you're not a reader, check out, um, you need a budget, which a lot of people use for their personal finances. Um, you can also use it for your, it's an on, it's an app and an online program. Uh, you can also use it for your businesses. Um, and what I love about you need a budget is it. So as opposed to budgeting kind of being this like ideal thing that kind of lives in a spreadsheet. Um, basically you can only allocate money that you already have. So you can't budget money that you don't have yet. Um, so that can be really helpful in working out that, but also again, money, um, it's a really important part of your business and, <laughs> and, um, we, and we don't like to talk about it and but... we don't like to talk about it. Yeah. And you cannot just run through with your eyes closed being like, it'll work out. It'll work out. It'll work out. And <laughs> cause it won't. Um, and I think one thing a business coach can help you with, um, is figuring out like, you know, how do I register my business? So I'm not paying a ton in taxes because a lot of times it doesn't make sense to just be self-employed. It makes sense to, again, invest the $700 or the $1,500 to become an LLC or an S corp or whatever. Um, and talking with a business coach and, or a very, very good accountant. Um, and again, there are hybrids out there of people who do business coaching, um, and money coaching. And I also would highly recommend them. Um, and the other thing about money that I'm working really hard on and that my business coach is working on with me is um, the woo-woo side of the money and like the law of attraction and like you have to be open to money to make money and all of that. And again, these are advantages that coaching can give you as opposed to just going to a traditional accountant who's just going to say like, save 50% of your income, um, <laughs> who can kind of look at the holistic business owner and the, you know, the person as a whole, mm -hmm. um, and figure out how that, you know, works in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. 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 Love it. Oh, yay. <laughs> and so we're getting up on an hour. I try to yes. keep them around an hour. And so yes. what are some parting words of wisdom that you would like to, to share with us before we, we call it a day? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, thank you so much for bringing me on. This was really exciting. Um, I think my first word of wisdom would be, sh if you are even at all intrigued by this conversation, um, shop around for a coach. Most coaches offer at least a 30 minute free, um, call and they usually call it like a discovery call or, um, introductory call or something like that. And I would recommend if you are interested in hiring a coach to take four or five of those and see who you connect with, um, or find someone on personal recommendation. Um, if you are interested in working with me, we can talk about that right before we end. But, um, I can also recommend some coaches that I think are really good for people in this industry, but definitely shop around and do your homework. Um, I guess my other parting word of advice is you guys are all awesome. And I admire you so much for being entrepreneurs, um, in this world that we live in and you can do it. And I, there are going to be times when you feel like you can't do it and that it's really, really hard. Um, but you'll be fine. And there's always a, you know, a safe place to fall. So that's the woo from me at the end of the episode. <laughs> 
<laughs> See, so. that's why you were a good coach for me. You were a good yeah. balance of, ooh, here's your tagline. Yeah. Shay Keats, a good balance of kick in the pants and woo. Kick in the pants and woo. I love it. I love it. People are going to be like, what? No, like, I think that's I'm awesome. going to shake you, but then I'm going to give you the best hug ever. Exactly. Exactly. Like, what are you doing? Hug time. <laughs> Let's hug it out. No, hug it out. Hug it out. So, I mean, that is, you know, that's what I think. I mean, it's also funny because I think at the end of the day, that's what works best for me. So this is me kind of following my own advice. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I like to work with people who are like me, you know, and by like me, I mean, on that fundamental personality and, um, you know, just again, that fundamental level. So, um, yeah, so I think I. It, it, I'm sorry. The, the woo way of saying that would be like energetically aligned. Energetically aligned. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> We're energetically aligned with me. So there you go. Write it down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, I am. Right. I actually have this very funny post-it note right now that has, I just was on another call and my friend was giving me a recommendation for a uh, rosé. So I have that written down and then I have the business book and I'm like, yes, this is my life. <laughs> Trader Joe's Pinot Noir Rosé and Profit First. So <laughs> that's and my new tagline. That sounds like so. a lovely evening. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, but I'll also just say again, um, I if this is okay, Emily, and you can totally cut this out. Um, I love working with um movement instructors and I have Emily and a couple others on my roster. So, but I am open to working with more and anyone who, you know, mentions that they heard about this on this podcast, I'll give you a hundred dollars off of your coaching package for your first three months. Um, and I would love to talk to you regardless. So, you know, come find me on the internet or set up a free call with me and just let's get to know each other. Awesome. I'm not cutting that out. Why would I cut that out? (laughs) Well, you know, and again, I think this is just a little PS here, you know, something that's so awesome and like humbling about being a business coach is having to follow my own advice. Because, you know, if Emily was like, yeah, I'm going on this podcast and you like, you came to me and said, I'd be like, you plug your business. You know, <laughs> and then I get on here and I'm like, um, so you can cut this out if you want. So, you know, no it's really shay. humbling to be like, I got to follow my own good advice sometimes. Uh, right. It's, yeah. it's so true. Uh, it doesn't yeah. matter. It's, all industries, all businesses, whether it's fitness, whether it's, I don't know if you sell tractors, whatever, like, no, we don't, (laughs) we all need to take our own advice way more. Exactly. Exactly. All right, honey. Well, thank you so much for being here. I love you. And we will stay in touch. Bye. Okay, guys, that wraps up this episode of the podcast today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to reach out to Shay and learn more about what she has to offer and do her discovery call, you can get in touch with her at shaykeats.com. You can also find her on Instagram, also under Shay Keats. All of this is going to be linked up in the show notes for you guys. So it's easy peasy, lemon squeezy to get in touch with Shay. Like I said before, she's my girl and I love her. And she's truly helped me a lot this year in staying focused and pushing through when I was feeling distracted and needed help focusing. So give her, give her a ring. Reach out. She is the best, and I love her so much. So I am your host, Emily Hudson, and this is the Enjoy Studio Ownership Podcast. I really hope that if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, that you will subscribe. Subscribe. Hit the button, peeps. And if you don't, you're dead to me. Ah, just kidding. You're not dead to me. I get it. But I truly, when people subscribe and they write reviews and they rate, that is how other people find the podcast and and how other people learn and grow and helps keep the podcast alive. So if that is you and you're loving it, I hope you subscribe. I hope you give it a rate. I hope you give it a review. And if you want to go even a step further because you love your gal, Emily, Take a screenshot, 
put it on Instagram and tag at Enjoy Movement Studio. Enjoy with an I. You guys know, hopefully by now, Enjoy Movement Studio with an I. Tag me in it because I want to know who's listening. I know people are out there listening, but I want to say thank you. I want to personally thank you for listening because it means the world to me. So take a screenshot, share it on Instagram. And yeah, that's it for today, you guys. I love you. You're doing a great job. I'm rooting for you. Keep up the good work and I'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening. Camp Adulthood is hosted by Maddie Yergi, Resident Youth, and Shay Keats, Camp Adulthood. We are produced by Jenny Mayfield. You can find us on social media at camp underscore adulthood. You can email us hello at campadulthood.com. And you can visit us at campadulthood.com. Please also find on our website, there are links to our Patreon page where you can be a subscriber and there are many cool prizes. Thanks, campers. We hope that you enjoy your stay at Camp Adulthood.